to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I am Benedicta, and I am feeling flattered. And I'm Benedict. Today is February 8th, and this is episode number 126, and I'm feeling optimistic. Why is are you just feeling because, flattered? Is it just because the sun is out, we're all feeling so good? I feel like that winter thing just... January ended and now everything is just like looking up. Anyway, why I'm feeling flatter? I am feeling flatter because people have publicly praised me on Twitter. And I mean, nothing oh. feels better <laughs> <laughs> than true, you know, true. people praising you. Um, and I kind of needed that. And I now also have a structure, beginning of a structure of how to like save them for, you know, days when you're not feeling your best. So I'm actually, so if you do praise me now, it's going to be in my archives forever. <laughs> um, nice. And then, then when you're feeling bad, you're just like opening up that folder with the praise and like. I hope so. It. I hope so. I've tried to do this several, idea. several times in like, because somebody talked about like a brag folder, the concept of a brag folder. If you're an employee, like you should save every time you get praise from like coworkers or your boss and stuff like that. So when you're kind of yearly, um, I always call them parent teacher yearly. conferences, but they are not when you're an <laughs> employee, but yes, <laughs> performance review, then you're supposed to open that folder so that you can like have your brag ready like you, you brag like why are you you know why are you an asset to the team why should you get a raise those kinds of things but I also read it's good to like have a little bit of a that kind of folder for days when you're like why am I even in tech I can't even code like you can you can look at your little uh, brag folder and yeah I, oh, I've tried it before and then I forget because it's like in a note-taking application and stuff like that. But I've just decided to make my uh, Queen Ray Codes repo for my like site, my place for everything. So I now also have the standard operating procedures in that repository. And I might even like source them and make them pages on my site, but I don't yet. But like I just put it in there because that's where I am every day writing my, since I now write daily emails, I'm always in that repository. So it's like nice to just have yeah. everything in there. So now I started taking photographs and like copy the praise and then put it into a YAML in my Queen Ray repository. <laughs> nice, nice. That's cool. Yes. Like, this so, could actually be a nice, I mean, makes sense to have it like in one place for you, but this could even be like a, a nice small side project for someone. Just a service where you store all the praise, like all the tweet links to tweets and screenshots and stuff like that and then maybe once a day or once a week it sends you an email with like a random one reminding yeah, you yeah because it could be kind of like some people actually like your stuff yes <laughs> kind of like facebook does with like mem facebook memories just that it's just for you because you don't want to put all of this praise like on your facebook page <laughs> to get it facebook's profile to get them to remind you but like similar reminder functionality like a year ago you got this praise two years ago you got this um, praise or yeah. wins like wins could also be fun like we talked totally. about bef yeah. before like oh you know tiny seed funding like you got like it's nice to get that back in your back in your face every year from now on um yeah that could be cool side for let us know if you make it their listener yeah. let us know and we i yeah, will be is... the first first user i will be a beta user 
But yeah, this could also be like a Slack bot or something like that. Yeah. So that is kind of cool. So um, I I've even written down some to read up now. So read for everyone. <laughs> so <Ooh. laughs> no, I'm just gonna read the one for my from uh, my client who's now you know very public about it. So I feel like I can share. Um, so uh, Jeff from Outseta wrote. He was quote tweeting a tweet about me doing work for them. And then he wrote, this happened, Adray crushed it. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if you need somebody to make a done-for-you demo, I crush it. So, let me know. <laughs> 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 and, then, um, and then we had a fan of the stream say that it's always nice to chill with these shipmates to build cool tools with Gatsby on Thursdays. And then somebody shared uh, one of my, or Neil, that was George, I think he said the, the thing about shipmates. And then Neil uh, shared one of my videos and said that um, I make great videos for like this for our benefit. So, or for their benefit. Yes. So that is like a good, I don't know. I went back and looked over my week. I was like, yes, that was a, that was nice. That was very nice <laughs> to, to actually, it's so nice when people actually share like publicly that they get something out of the things you yeah. make. Because otherwise, it's just like into the void, and you're like, "Does anyone? Totally, yeah. like, does anyone read this? I don't know." <laughs> did you did you do anything to get people to share stuff like this, or this was it just like a coincidence that this happened last I think week it, a couple of times? I think it was a coincidence because I didn't. I just did what I. But that's like the I said last week about trusting the process. Like I've done the same stuff I've done every week for a long you know, for almost a month or five weeks, six weeks now. So like just being there consistently, like maybe then people see like, oh, she, you know, she's still doing it. Like, let's, let me give her a boost or, you know, help out. Um, my client, I sent an email asking for feedback uh, and I got the tweet instead. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the other people, it was like on, that was just something they did, which just a lot of fun. And nice. all the numbers are going up like slowly but steadily, like a little more YouTube subscribers, a little more Twitter subscribers, a little more email subscribers. So hopefully this is taking me somewhere cool. and, and not just into. Do you have like a goal, <laughs> like a timeline or a goal for this year or maybe the next couple of months of like, I want to get to like this many YouTube subscribers, this many Twitter followers, or this many email subscribers, something like that. Or is it just like as long as as it grows, it's everything's fine. Or what's I think I said about? my focus for the year is more on the systems. So it's like I'm more tracking that I actually write emails every day, that I show up for the stream every week, and that I kind of keep on doing it, even in times when I'm lower energy or you know, or feel like yeah. nobody is appreciating it, but um, just, yeah, that's what I'm trying to focus on this year. Cause I think, and I've read somebody else say that like, there's so many things, especially with the algorithms that, you know, that is luck or something you can't really, you don't have any power over it. So of course, if yeah. you put out good content, it's a higher chance that you'll get more followers, but like YouTube will change. Twitter will change. It's like more important that I just, keep on doing my kind of working on my engine more than trying to reach a specific number so 
Makes sense. But it's always nice to see them climbing, but um, I'm trying <laughs> to focus more on the systems and like personal feedback, like these these tweets or things that I get when people reply to my emails or when I help them out. And I try to help out in the Gatsby Discord a little bit as a way to people to, mm. to help people. And then sometimes they go on over to my site and sign up for the emails or read the articles. I think somebody, I think one person really literally drove up my time on site because it was suddenly up at like <laughs> six minutes, you know, average six minutes. I'm like, what, what, what? Somebody read all my articles or all my emails. Because <laughs> 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 I think most people, you know, just bounce or like, you know, pop on by. But uh, suddenly like the time on site was really up and, and somebody in the Discord was like, yes, I read all your emails. And I was like, okay, that, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't have that much traffic, so one person can drive up my uh, time on site. Um, I have so little traffic, I didn't realize I had managed to remove my Fathom script. So nothing was being <laughs> tracked. And I was like, nobody visited my site. Oh, well, you know, I'll have to do better then. And then after three days, I was like, well, there's usually at least like two people popping by my yeah. site. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to reinstall my my script. But. Oh, well. Oh, well. But on that note, on the Queen note, I also kind of released a Gatsby plugin starter that helps people create their own plugin by doing it on stream last week. We kind of used the plugin starter to create a new plugin and release it to the NPM registry. So the plugin starter comes with semantic release and the readme file and the contributing file and like all those boring things you have to set up get things um, released all of that is already baked into the starter and then i created a step-by-step -step on how to like make it your own <clears throat> at some point i hope to make that a script but i'm not like i right now it's still just like documenting the steps for people because they have to change names mm -hmm. and like put in their username instead of my username and all of those those things and funnily um it like failed completely on stream because earlier that day I <laughs> had course. done some YOLO changes and <laughs> nothing was working. So that was a little stressful, but we I actually did figure out what was what 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 it was and managed to fix it on stream. So it it turned oh, into that's quite cool. yeah, it turned into quite a fun stream. But I think I'll link I'll link the um um, we'll link in the description or in the in the show notes to like the point where I realized my mistake, and you will see a very embarrassed queen <laughs> on stream because I had managed to make an array not be an array anymore in the uh, Gatsby config file. So it was a very very tiny mistake, but a very big one because nothing would wanted to run. Yeah, uh, but this stuff and this this stuff happens more than than you'd like it to, right? Um, it does. But also, I feel like it's it's one of those things that are kind of nice about live streaming, though, where you like like where you see that stuff like this happens to everyone, because usually, like if you're like only watching like pre-recorded whatever things, like they usually plow through like their whatever task they want to do and they run it perfectly and the code is perfect the first try and everything the tests work immediately it compiles it everything works but in reality like 
<laughs> that's not all that's not us. developer life. <laughs> yeah, all of us uh, from time to time sit in front of the thing and be like, "What's going on? Why is this like? What's why is it not working?" And then you fix it, and then suddenly you're like, "Why did this, uh, this ever work? And why wasn't this broken all the time and stuff like that?" So uh, I feel like that's kind of also a good thing about like showing that everyone's yeah, I was, struggling with I, stuff like this. I got I that it's not that often I get like embarrassed on stream, but I was like embarrassed <laughs> on stream and I was like, okay, I'm so sorry and stuff. And then people are so nice in the chat because of course then somebody said one said like I'd done the same thing, like I mess up the Gatsby config often. And then another one was like, Well, I really enjoy watching you bug fix. Like that is one that something I learn a lot from because I had to when you're yeah. on stream also you kind of have to keep on talking you can't go all quiet and figure out your bug you kind of have to you know keep on talking through it and at one point I'm like I need to talk through this because well I started on the story and I like and that's when I figured out what was wrong so they get to follow along in the suspense there's a little bit of a suspense element I guess to the to the stream it's like um George said we can do it and like gave me a little you know fist or um and stuff like that so yeah it was it ended up being a lot of fun but i was yeah i'll link to to the exact um timestamp, and you can go have a look at me being <laughs> very yeah. very flushed and quite embarrassed <laughs> about my mistake <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah so so that was that and then i'm also trying to work but i'm trying to do that also a little like slow and steady trying to make some content or like a sales page for these, this kind of um, job that I did for Outseta where I did, a, I call it done for you demo. So I showed how to integrate their uh, SaaS with a React application. And I want to do that for more, you know, for more SaaSes that needs to be, uh, you know, that needs to be integrated. Like you need to integrate with SaaSes and they often need demos to show developers how to, integrate especially when it comes to react or gatsby i guess because um it's a little harder to include script tags and those kinds of things when it comes to to react um and yeah so i tried to like talk that talk about that a little bit like on twitter you know and testing out some wording so i'm calling it so far i'm calling it like done for you gatsby demos or got done for you gatsby plugins so if anybody has any input if that like that done for you if that works as a term you could also weigh in benedict but if any listener has any any feelings around that please feel free to dm me um but I, that's yeah sounds pretty self-explanatory so yeah so I, I don't have a better idea. <laughs> so I tried to have a pain there. So I was like, I could take a load of your SaaS founder plate by delivering done for you Gatsby demos or done for you Gatsby plugins. But I can also do React, but because of course Gatsby is React, but I'm trying to keep my focus here. Yeah. Um, so that's, I'm hoping in a couple of weeks I actually have like a proper sales page for this because it's going to be three tiers so it's going to be demo and then plugin or package and then like a third more or large where i'm more involved where i try to like involve the the, com the developer community that the that the customer already has or the SaaS already has and like build more in public and and answer people's questions in the in in the repo and stuff like that. So that will be like the third 
kind of highest t- tire. T- I can't say it. Tier. Tier. It's not tire because that's yeah. like on the car. <laughs> tier. Tier. <clears throat> um, so, you know, the demo, which is a one-off, like a one-off example, is the cheapest one. And then in the middle, I'll create a more general plugin or package for the NPM that can be released on NPM. And then the third one, I'll do both, but also I am more involved with the developers that's going to use this in the end. It's my thinking. Yeah. Kind of using this, using this podcast as a (laughs) brainstorming session there. Um, And then I'm also thinking about creating a course slash bootcamp on Gatsby plugins, because I'm getting a little more traction with that than functions. And also, it turns out I know it so well, I can like stream on it without much preparation, which I then feel like I could make a course on at least, if I do specifically Gatsby source plugin, then it wouldn't be such high effort. Like it will be effort because I need to record and because I'm going to try to do an asynchronous thing this time. But still, it's not something I need to research and learn before teaching it. Like I actually, I already know it. So, yeah, thinking about that, I have too many ideas. I need to. I need more. <laughs> I need more, you need more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need more ideas. I just need more time, though. Um, but I have a year. Like, this is fine. Slow yeah. and steady. It's gonna be good. And then wildcard. I applied to Tiny Seed with Pow. Ooh. <laughs> as if you didn't have enough on your plate already as i didn't have well <laughs> you know if we if we get that i'm guessing a lot of the other things will have to be set aside for another year but i really don't think that we're gonna get it because we don't have the mmr that they kind of require or ask which is 500 dollars uh, a month we're at 200 <clears throat> and but i just kind of wanted to put it in there because i think getting to 500 which is like a little more than a double that we have could be like a great goal for next year so pow is two turns two i guess oh in a month it's the eighth so march 8th it turns two and i haven't really done any work on it (laughs) since may Uh, (laughs) but as we've talked about like there's still customers coming in and there's still customers staying it's pretty high churn but like a lot of people are staying as well so i think there is absolutely you know potential i just i need i need to find a way where i can like as with the queen stuff where i manage like work on it consistently and maybe have like a and there maybe have more of an end goal. So like having like how can I get to 500 by next year so that I am qualified or like more higher chance of getting something into something like tiny seeds. But by applying this year, I kind of feel like I'm like I kind of told them Do I'll be reply I'll be applying <laughs> next year as well. So even though they might not at all, but like in my mind, I can pretend that they check in on me every now and then. And since they, in my mind, they will do that, then I will maybe hopefully take it more seriously and like show up (laughs) another way of, of like getting that external, um, external expectation that I just realized I need and I'm not going to fight it anymore. Like I am, I don't have that discipline, uh, on my own. So I need some external 
expectation, more than accountability. I need somebody to just expect me to do something and I can, and they don't really need to either. I just listen as long as I think in my head that they will do it yeah. and that's enough. <laughs> it's like telling Twitter, I'll do yoga. You know, it's, it's not like I think people would care about my yoga, but it turns out they do. And we are a great group doing yoga almost every day now. But it's more like when I've done it, I kind of set the expectation that somebody might care and I should like keep on showing up. And so, and I keep saying showing up now because that is what Yoga with Adrian says every day. She says, thank you for showing up today. So now that's <laughs> in my vocabulary, you know, become one of those yoga, yoga hippies that is all about showing up to the mat every day. It's the hardest part of yoga practice is showing up to the mat. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, so that true. is a wild card. So I'll keep you posted on my tiny journey. <laughs> um, and you never know. Like I've been told that that women often don't apply for things if they don't fit all the criteria. So I'm just I'm also just applying, even though I don't have my five five hundred MMR. Just like you know, do it and just not always listen to all the bylaws. Um, of things like in the bylaws, but like all of the bullet points of something like that. And also they sent out an email to everyone who had an application in draft saying you can apply even though you don't feel like you qualify for everything. So I was like, okay, I'll do it then. <laughs> Cause I'm always afraid of like, you know, doing something wrong, which is not so good when you're trying to be a founder <laughs> or, <laughs> I guess I am a founder. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's stop it there before we go into until I turn you into my shrink, Benedict. <laughs> oh, I'm not qualified for that. I'm just good at nodding along and maybe, uh huh, interesting. You're like, uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. Tell me more. Tell me more. You're like, you're not psycho, Benedict. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, What's up, I think it's a good idea to yeah. just apply. I mean, what's there to lose? I mean, worst thing they tell you that you don't have enough MRR and then you're like, yeah, kind of expected that and all good. And maybe yeah. they invite you for a call and uh, maybe you get into the program. You never know. So never know, never know. That's interesting. And also thinking about that, like suddenly there, and probably because I've let it, let it just simmer for so long, starting to talk to Ula about Pau again and like, he's going to work on the marketing side and I need to follow up on that. And then we started, you know, walk, taking walks in the sun and talking about pow. Suddenly I had like all these like really good ideas for pow and for how pow can become several products. And, um, cause there's some new, new reports coming out now. Did I mention this last year? New reports coming out now that, um, these like pregnancy apps also are sharing too much data. Mm. Uh, and also not only that, since they are often um, funded by advertisement, they often do content content inside of the apps that are not really good health advice because they they want to mm. try to sell procedures or like, you know, check-ins with or products that really isn't needed, um, at least not from a Scandinavian uh, women's health perspective. And it could be like that could be also an in avenue further down the road to like create more of these apps around women's health that are more based on science and kind of a what I would call like a Scandinavian approach to to women's health, which is doing really on statistics. We're doing 
really well that we don't spend as much like time and worry on it that I feel like other countries might do. So there could be like a bigger mission here. Well, now I just kept on going. So I'm going to stop it there. But I heard mission is important to stay uh, stay on task. Yeah. Yeah. So why are you optimistic? Not, um, not that you I'm shouldn't be. I'm just wondering. <laughs> Transitioning. What's up with you? Why are you optimistic of no reason to be? <laughs> um, no, I mean... It was pretty stressed last Tuesday, and um, the sad story is that that didn't really change for the entire week. <laughs> like Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday also ended up being pretty stressful with a lot of customer support happening. And basically, the feeling of jumping between too many things at the same time or having to deal with too many things at the same time didn't go away the entire week, and I was pretty pretty happy on saturday and sunday that customer support was silent and the team was silent and everyone's was silent and nothing was happening i was able to unplug a little bit but last last week was yeah wasn't wasn't a lot of fun in that regard um but i'm optimistic that this week will not be as bad and i don't know why that is but it feels like weeks like this come in waves or like problems like or customer support comes in waves and it's not like that is related. They're all talking about the same thing. But for some reason, like some higher force is for some reason forcing people to send customer support requests at the same day at the same time, even yeah. if they are totally unrelated. Um, but I'm optimistic that this week will be better. Um, I'm optimistic that I <laughs> fixed all the problems that came up last week. I'm optimistic that our customer support person um, is ramping up like with their knowledge and uh, just doing a better job of like handling everything themselves instead of having to rely on us or on me. So yeah, I hope things are going into the, the right direction. So far, so good. <laughs> let's be grateful you now have a customer support pro person when these things come, come in waves. Like just a couple of months ago, yes. you would be the person answering all the initial yes. emails or requests. But to be honest, like I think we're still on that phase where there's still a ramp up time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the reasons last week was so stressful was that in the past, like when there was a lot of customer support, I just like take a little while to reply to all of them <laughs> and like just let them sit there for a couple of hours where I do something else. And usually that's fine. I mean, it's of course, if it's like a pressing problem that needs to be addressed right now, I'm not going to do that. But like stuff that's like a question about an upcoming feature or something like that, that doesn't have to be answered right away. But now with the with the person on the team, they're usually the ones like getting the email, reading it, and then maybe have follow-up questions that they then ask me. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it becomes like a team member asking something and being blocked by me not answering. And suddenly, I can't wait a couple hours anymore. <laughs> I kind of have to reply right now because otherwise, they, the team member is stuck and can't, can't move on with their work. So it feels like, at least for now, it's adding more stress than before. But I hope in the long run, um, 
it will it will improve and just be better like because they know most of the stuff and I don't have to answer that many questions so yeah overall optimistic as I said yeah um, other than that big wins from last week were um, we launched our new integration settings at least soft launched it I think we haven't really tweeted about it I uh, saw a tweet. I saw it. Yeah, tweet. Jane. Jane shared a screenshot ahead of time. Um, yes, and it looks but... beautiful. I actually went in there to look at your integrations when I did some power work yesterday, and it looks really good. And it looks so pro not professional, but it looks like you're like you're leveling up. You go into that page and you see all the integrations with the logos. It just like really looks like like serious business like this is just yeah i don't know it just gave me like if i didn't if i didn't know you and the product that well like those integrations gives me even more trust that this is a you know a good product and it's like moving in the right direction like it will be more helpful for me down the road because i can see integrations coming in and it's just like and the page just looks so good the integration page i was like i was happy when i was at that page by the way. That's good to know. And that also brings up a good point that I'm going to write down right away if Notion lets me. Yeah, that's where my um, process broke, and... broke before because Notion takes so much time to open. I ended yeah. up not writing down what I needed to write down. So that's why I'm doing it in my repo now. But anyway, what were you writing down? I was writing down that we should totally have like an integrations page on our marketing website now. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense previously because we didn't really have any or at least just a handful. But now that we are having them inside the application, I guess it kind of makes sense to also have them on the website and promote oh, them yeah. more. Oh, yeah. And have like an integrations directory, even though it might still be small. But um, I think but that's still... something that builds trust as well. Yeah, and there and there are some good integrations like that. That those are companies or products that at least I've heard good things about. So I can see, oh, when I start using Help Scout for my support because I will need that at some point. It looks like it's gonna simplify my life. I don't really know how yet, but like <laughs> this looks good. Um, and the same thing with the uh, with the other integrations. Yeah. So um, thanks for bringing that up. That's a good. Good reminder. I had totally forgotten about it. But yeah, we shipped that last week. Um, Jane did all the design on it. And Leo, our front-end uh, developer, did all the development on it. So I was mostly just like detached, not involved. Whatever. Detached. Uh, detached. Um, I was mostly detached from it. And um, the thing I did was like build a Savical integration last week or actually the week before and we launched that as well. Um, so that's cool. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like things are moving into the right direction with that because integrations and integration marketing have been on our roadmap for like two years now. I think it was one of the things when we joined Tiny Seed in one of the calls, Rob was like, yeah, you should totally do integration marketing. And we were like, yeah, totally. That's a, Great idea. We should absolutely do it. But there was some... Um, we didn't really have the data structure in place that we wanted, like with the companies and the relationships. And it felt like it does make sense to do integrations before we don't uh, have that data model the way we want it, because otherwise we'd constantly be changing everything. So we had to do that, that stuff first, and then the 
marketing stuff came up. So we had that one first. And now it feels like it's finally <laughs> two years after we're finally at a place where it makes sense to build this and makes sense to invest the time and energy into building more integration. So that's what we're doing right now. Um, and thanks to tweet from Jane on Twitter, we are getting a new integration probably this week with Refiner, the, the survey tool. So that integration directory integration page will be growing. Um, and I'm hoping to get to the Stripe integration sometime soon. Yes. So thanks. Thanks, sir. Thanks so for the people who've been listen listening to this show for almost a year know that I have been migrating Pal over <laughs> to UserList, but I haven't because I was like, oh, how should I model like cancel and not canceled and trial and blah, blah, blah in user list and like make that update myself. So I do it now for ConvertKit and then I try to do it better with user list and back and forth. But now I'm just going to wait to let Benedict do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's another that's, couple that's of months when I've been waiting, <laughs> when I haven't done it for 10 months. So that is going to be awesome, everyone. Yeah, we're talking about... Um... Uh, migrating to user list, the other big thing that finally happened last week is we finally moved all our own email marketing to user list because it wasn't until last week. Um, even though we launched a marketing feature in October, I believe, we didn't get to actually setting everything up and moving everything over and testing it and stuff like that until, until last week. But it's finally done. Uh, we are now managing our marketing email list as well as our customer list inside of user list and it feels like a great milestone and a great achievement. Um, we still have to cancel the trip account, but hopefully we can do this this week or next week. So tiny yeah. question. So how would you communicate to us if something went wrong with user list? Do you have a backup plan? <laughs> I mean, like, if you have downtime and you need to <laughs> communicate that, what are your processes? That's a good question. I think we just tweet about it. <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a good, it's a solution. Yeah, um, we should probably, I mean, getting to a scale where we should probably start, also start having like a status website somewhere where you can do like statususerlist.com and see like, are things knowingly down or is there, is it supposed to work? But so far we ha haven't uh, set something up. And I'm also, I'm not sure if it's, I mean, it's worth it, but not sure if it's worth it already. Like, is are there enough people checking it or enough people interested in? But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anyways, that's that's the, the one, the other big thing that been, that's been happening. Um. Related to the status page, one thing that I had a feeling last week with like the customer support is that user list is at a stage where there aren't there are enough people using it all the time that it's not okay to have like small problems, small fires somewhere that like are quietly burning, but nobody really cares because nobody's using it. I feel like we're getting to a stage where every single thing that's not perfect will be discovered and be complained about. Um, so I don't know. 
Have it just having a, a public list of all the problems. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea right now. <laughs> Or maybe it is. I don't know. Anyways, um, so one last thing I want to talk about is um, with all the integration work, we're also looking at um, building an integration with Pipedrive because that happens to be the tool we decided to use for like our own customer success stuff, um, basically tracking sales cycles and people that are onboarded and demos and stuff like that. So I spent some time last week trying to figure out how to build a pipe drive integration into user list. And I don't want to complain too much because I think it's a super powerful API. But oh man, it's so hard to use. Like I feel like every single thing needs like five requests to figure out. And I really think that developer experience is an underrated, an underrated thing for at least some companies. I feel like we've been praising Stripe a lot, and I think one of the reasons why we do it is because they get this and have a great developer experience with like APIs that kind of make sense and are easy to use. But I have a feeling that Pipedrive isn't one of those companies. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> they, have those, they have this feature where you can like have custom fields on a person or an organization and the custom fields are like userless has a custom fields feature as well and basically it's you send in the data and you have like a custom object in there with like name of the field value and you just send it over and if the field doesn't exist it gets created and the name is obviously the name and stuff like that and i feel like that's easy and easy to understand and doesn't take a lot of work but with With Pipedrive, you have to call a different API to set up the field, and then you get an ID back. And when you're updating the user, you have to send that ID instead of the name. And like, yes, do, it works. Do you know what, yes, do you know what's happened there? Do you know what's happened what? there? That the developers have read the HTTP spec, like the original, like paper yeah. on it. Because when I have had discussions with at clients where they are not like web people or web developers, they're like, "But I read that you should only like you should only re respond with like like one thing, and then there should be like IDs, and then you use the ID to get the object for like everything, like you know." And then and I'm like, "Well, yes, but it's like it's a spec, like it's it's not it's not illegal." To do it better for the developers, <laughs> yeah. But then there, there's always that guy who's like read the, like gone back and like read the initial paper or something. And I've never read it; I just heard it being referenced. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense to do it that way. But they're like, well, yeah. that's how it should be. And it's just a like you just have to do another call. And they're like, and you're like, well, have you ever created like web? Have you ever consumed an API? This is not how you want to consume an API. <laughs> and I think that's where like Stripe is so different because yeah. they obviously let you do stuff that that initial paper <laughs> did not want <laughs> you to do. You can even say like, you, you know, with Stripe, you can even say like, well, I actually want like the full customer object back inside of an invoice or whatever. Like they, t they, add, yeah. they allow you to like expand or expo expand, expose, anyway, objects that would be an ID or you can also get like the full object back. And 
you're not supposed to do that if you like properly follow the spec, but yeah. So I think you've you've come across some of those developers. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And I mean, I also kind of get it, but then again, it wouldn't hurt to like have a spec compliant way of doing things, but also have like a easy and simple way of doing things because. <sighs> APIs can be both, I guess, <laughs> like spec yeah. compliant and, and, and down to the detail, but also not make it unnecessarily hard for people to to do work with it. Because, I mean, it sounds like it's an easy thing to just do one more request or a couple more requests. But as someone working with APIs, I know that it's not a given that a request will succeed. <laughs> so every request <laughs> I don't have to do is one that can fail. And you, yeah, <laughs> like and you don't have to error. To deal with. Yeah, you don't have to handle a potential error for every request that you have to do for every ID, for every field, when you're just trying to like add a name, like a first name yeah. and a last name to some to a record. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's right. what you're trying to do. Yeah, I know. That's essentially I'm, what I'm trying to do, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, it's it's... I may, maybe I'm I'm giving up too easily or just being lazy, but we actually decided to not do anything with PipeDrive, like integration-wise, like at least for now, like we won't build a proper PipeDrive integration into UserList. And we even decided to not like hack our own thing together, just like for internal use, because it's, it's complicated enough that it will take at least a day or two to get right. And at this point, we're not even sure that pipe drive and the process we're using is even the right thing to do. Hmm. So for now, we're asking our customer support person to basically send, transfer data manually and look look things up in user list and then recreate it in pipe drive. Because I feel like automating this is, complicated enough that maybe it's a, a wasted effort if we don't end up using PipeDrive and don't end up using that workflow. So yeah, we just skipped on it for now. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so true what you're saying with developer experience. And I think a lot of these kind of the companies that are doing really well in our space have taken those things seriously. And they have developer yeah. experience teams that actually work with developer experience because they see the developer often developers are not in charge of the money like often for you know in our case we are because we have our own like tiny companies yeah. but we are not the like the, we are not the ones that striper or anyone are making the most money off of probably um but <laughs> even in large organization developers have veto power like they can say no or they can make the process really hard so yeah. you kind of want to like please them and also i think a lot of managers know if like if a if a developer is comes with a suggestion and has already played around with the product then you know that oh we'll be able to integrate fairly quickly but if then somebody is like you know what happened here is like oh you need to integrate with sas x and you play around with it and you hate it as a developer you know you're just gonna go into the jira and be like 50 points or Excel <laughs> t-shirt or whatever kind of thing you're doing. And you know that a yeah. developer can drain 
like even though developers shouldn't of course and all of that we all know that a developer can yeah. like drain the process and be a blocker so even though they're not sitting on the credit card they can still like ruin the sale i guess like they're one of those people who can who can block yeah, a sale totally. even if they're not the one saying explicitly yes to it so um so yeah yeah, I mean, in a way, that's exactly what happened on our side. I mean, we, we're still paying for Pipedrive and we're still using it. But if it would be like critical to have that integration, that would be a big problem right now because I basically went into, I mean, we don't have a tracking tool like that, but I went, basically went in there and was like, yeah, it's not impossible, but it's, yeah, T-shirt size XL or whatever. And maybe just better stuff to spend that time on so yeah yep so yeah there's some there's some food for thought everyone yeah also food for thought for myself of like how can we make useless developer experience better because I'm not saying it's bad but i think we there's still a lot of room for improvement as well so but have Anyways. you done have you done user testing on developers and not the users of the product? Have you done any user testing sessions on on developer experience? Uh, we haven't had like explicit like testing sessions, but we get feedback that people like our process or the way to integrate. Um, like for some, some love it and some are still struggling with it and. The idea would be just everyone loves it. <laughs> so I guess there's there's the room for improvement. I mean, our documentation, for example, isn't isn't great. I mean, it kind of touches on everything, but the format isn't isn't super developer friendly. I wish we had like a dedicated API documentation that's like in the form, like super scannable form that developers like um, and stuff like that. You mean co copy pasteable? form copy copy pasteable <laughs> with tables in them where you can like just look one thing up and like not a lot of text but like more like keywords and short and succinct descriptions and stuff like that um and right now our like api or integration documentation is pretty pretty long form and uh comes with a lot of explanations and stuff like that but people don't read them. <laughs> really? So. I've, re I've read every word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you can't keep a straight face while saying that. <laughs> no. I actually had to go in because Ula is going to then create the newsletter section on our new marketing site for PAL. And um, I wanted to just copy paste in that form or that action URL that you can use yeah. to, to put people into the marketing feature. And uh, I had some trouble finding it. But when I found it, I just copy pasted it. Uh, but I, I went to the documentation and then I was like, oh, you need to click forms on top of your account. I was like, oh, I should have seen that. But I went to the documentation to find out how you were supposed to build that action URL because I thought I would have to get yeah. it from there. And then I couldn't understand. And I went to integration. And then I think next time I'll film myself doing it. Um, 
And then I found forms. And then I was like, oh, you click forms. So like, okay, I should have known that. But um, that was just because I, in my head, I was thinking it was going to be harder or not harder. I thought I would have to go to developer documentation to figure it out and not be in mm-hmm. the user interface, um, which is what I do in other softwares. I don't know why, but it like with userless, I think more from I need to do more as a developer because it the features I've been using before that are not the marketing features, I would of course have to do like code kind of integration. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't like my mind didn't go to like log in and find the the form yeah. tab. It like went straight to the developer documentation. Um, but when I f- then found it, I just copy pasted it into the issue. So then Ula can just like copy paste it out because we're not going to make it. It's going to make it super simple now and not do any custom stuff. Just like use that form. Yeah. But anyway, so there's a little test for you. But I think <laughs> like user experience, I think just watching a new developer trying to figure things out like just drop them in, like give them a test account and be like, you need to add a form or you need to, um, you know, update some custom fields or something like that and just see like how they look through the documentation. You will have so much more info on how to restructure it if it needs restructuring because it might just be that you need different titles or like, or maybe even the same page but at three locations in the menu because people have different associations of where it should be and i know as you know as a fellow developer like you don't want to like duplicate are you crazy (laughs) but (laughs) as a user you're like well i want it under the integration but like i want it in the market (laughs) so um some things like that could be nice to just have a look at like if you see people walk through it the pains become obvious yeah, that's a good idea. Should probably do that at some point. Yeah. Anyways, yep. that's my my rant about developer experience. <laughs> yes. That that was a good rant and an important rant. <laughs> yeah, but I guess thanks. that's it for um, today. <laughs> today. Yeah, and again, a, we were like, Stripe is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> when is Stripe gonna sponsor our show? <laughs> um it could be fun to see like what episodes do we not touch on stripe (laughs) (laughs) yeah true (laughs) anyway i think that's it for today yep it is have a nice week see everyone around the interwebs (laughs) bye (laughs) 